You don't become what you want because so much of wanting is about living in the space of what you don't have. I believe that we all share this common desire. We all want to be liked. We all want to be accepted. Everything we do in some way considers that fact. You can't play life if you don't have vision. You don't build your character because, you know, you know, letting go of your ego. Thank you for listening. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Late Night with Me. At times, at times, I get these unctions to do these lives. I get these unctions to go live, to talk to you all, to teach, to do whatever. Um, Hopefully, it helps you. Hopefully, when you wake up in the morning, uh, if you're not watching live, you get to see this for yourself. So I'm here. I want to talk to you guys today about faith, about faith, particularly uh, faith from a biblical perspective. I want to to hone in on something that I believe is key here. I believe all human beings, all human beings, no matter who they are, all human beings have faith. Let me say that again. I believe all human beings, no matter who they are, they have faith. It is hardwired into who we are as human beings to have faith. What do I mean? I mean, Every human being, regardless if they're black, regardless if they're white, regardless if they're atheist, regardless if they're Christian, regardless if they're Hindu, regardless if they're Muslim, they, we have faith. But particularly, it's the object of faith that matters. What do you mean, J1? In essence, I'm speaking directly and more strategically to what are you placing your faith or who are you placing your faith in? You see, the atheist has faith. They believe that in essence, science is real and science is approvable. Their science is approvable, undeniable. You can't argue with them. I dare say they take it to another extreme and they believe that that they themselves are, in a sense, a type of God. If you get into some hardcore atheistic beliefs. However, all human beings have faith. We all have faith. And I want to talk about that tonight. I want to talk about that right now. But before I do that, I want to talk to you guys or show you rather something that's coming June 15th. If you have paid any attention to my channel at all, at all, at all, you would know what I'm about to play. But for those who haven't, here we go. For those who have, so gotta bear with me. I started writing when I was about nine or ten years old uh, in a little notebook. I wrote what would become a play. Um, theater, many don't know, is and was the first love of mine. Um, I did it for three, four plus years um, in local settings and churches at my high school, and it was fun. And I eventually moved into writing other things like books about what I was being taught, what I was learning. A matter of choice is really me turning the page, it's a release, it's me turning the page going on to what I believe is the next chapter of my life. Hopefully people can learn from it, laugh at it, and get to know me more. At the end of the day, I'm a storyteller. I have one ultimate goal. That is to provoke people 
to think freely. And as a result, they'll live fully. A matter of choice. A matter of choice is coming to you all soon. Uh, before we get deeper, before we get deeper, I want to play it again for those who may have not. I started writing when I was about nine or ten years old uh, in a little notebook. I wrote what would become a play. Um, theater, many don't know, is and was the first love of mine. Um, I did it for three, four plus years um, in local settings and churches at my high school, and it was fun. And I eventually moved into writing other things like books about what I was being taught, what I was learning. A matter of choice is really me turning the page. It's a release. It's me turning the page, going on to what I believe is the next chapter of my life. Hopefully people can learn from it, laugh at it, and get to know me more. At the end of the day, I'm a storyteller. I have one ultimate goal. That is to provoke people to think freely. And as a result, they'll live fully. All right, all right. Please, please, June 15th of this year, that will be coming out available to all of you lovely beautiful people who desire to support who desire to purchase and who desire that before we get into um before we get into the principles of faith i want to show a scripture i want to show you all a scripture um and 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 in essence talk about it to you all um Matthew 16, 4. I think Matthew 16. I think Matthew 16, 4 is pivotal and is, I think it's important um, to what we're talking about to the conversation uh, tonight. Um, Matthew 16, 4, whatever version you prefer, whatever version we'll talk to read, uh, says this. King James Version says, A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. And there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign, and it goes into of the prophet Jonah, and he left them and departed. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Uh, you have many other you have many other contexts or many other scriptures that speak to this. A wicked, perverse, or faithless generation seeks after a sign. I dare say, a wicked or faithless generation seeks after a sign. In Hebrews chapter 11, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Um, it goes on to say, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the world is refrained by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The essence of faith, the, 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 the crux of faith as I established before I played the promo video is this. All human beings have faith. That, I think, is an unquestionable fact. What do you mean? Again, all human beings have faith. We all have faith. The question is, or the question that is posed or is important to us and our dynamic is, where is your faith place? What is the object of your faith? Um, more specifically, do you believe in Jesus or not? Period. But in guiding it throughout life, 
and these are just my random ramblings, pay attention, <laughs> in processing life, in going through life, personally for me, I've been discouraged. I've been like, God, are you real? I've had those moments of sincere questioning where it did not make sense that it the the thing that I the things that I knew to be true did not make sense to me. They at one point did and then they stopped making sense. I asked this question. I'm dealing with in essence right now, what do you do when what you used to understand, what used to make sense no longer makes sense? What do you do when what you thought you knew is not really what you know? Or at least it appears you no longer know it. What do you do when what you were sure about, what do you do when what you were certain about no longer seems to be as certain as it used to be? It's actually quite uncertain now. What do you do? There are five principles of faith um, that I want to hone in on briefly right now. The first one is the intelligence of faith. The intelligence of faith. This places Jesus at the center of everything. It is the wisdom. To, it is the wisdom given by and through understanding, knowledge of, and study of the Word of God to place one's faith in Jesus. Period. That is true wisdom. The, the fear of the Lord. The scripture, the Proverbs says, the Bible says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What is the fear of the Lord? It's a reverential awe. It's a reverential respect for God for the Lord. Once you have that, once that is present, that is the beginning of wisdom. The intelligence of faith is Jesus at its center. Those who are atheists, the Bible says this, quite frankly, the fool, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That is foolish behavior. What hones in, or how can I say this more delicately, what makes the intelligence of faith, what it is, is that it is smart enough to understand. I need to depend upon, submit to, place my faith in Jesus. That's the intelligence of faith. Then you have the obedience of faith. Uh, this goes into what James would say in his in the book that bears his name. He would say, for faith without works is dead. What do you mean? That word works there could be translated fruit or results or 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 consequences. Faith without these particular fruit, faith without these particular results, faith without results, faith without fruit is dead, meaning it has no power, it's rendered helpless. The obe the obedience of faith does exactly what the Lord tells us to do, no matter how strange it may sound. There are times, so you have the you have the intelligence of faith, then you have the obedience of faith. There are times, there are places, there are situations that you may be in where you will do things, believe things, hear things, God says things that in the natural make no freaking sense, make no earthly sense. I'll give you an example. Going to our university where I, where I attend college, that strategically in the natural was in kind of maybe if you're looking at it on paper, was not a good decision. It wasn't. But I felt impressed to do so, having never visited the campus, having never been on a tour, any of that. I felt to do so. I felt led to do so. That is the obedience of faith in action, where I, though unsure a bit, still did it, still went ahead 
and did. So you have the intelligence of faith. Then you have the obedience of faith. Then you have the exercise of faith. The exercise of faith is daily doing what the Lord has spoken to us. The fruit of true faith is action. Again, faith without works is dead. The, the exercise and the obedience of faith go together. If I want to to engage or if I want to exhibit the, the exercise of faith or exercise faith, I will obey God. Then you have the folly of faith. And this is where many people get stuck. This is where I've gotten stuck. This is where, where I've gotten confused. This is where I've gotten, uh, uh, um, uh, how do you say, uh, halted or hindered. The folly of faith realizes and it is realizing that those who live in disbelief or who didn't hear what you heard will think your actions and allegiance is foolish. There are many. In the folly of faith, there are many who will think what you're doing, what you're believing God for, what you're dreaming about, what you think God said is foolish. But you know in your heart, it's God. Hear me. You know in your heart, it's the Lord. You know you heard from God. In the folly of faith, what you heard and what others see or what you see may be different may not compute, may not be compatible, may not look alike. And others will, and they do, mock, jeer, lampoon, lambast, question, sow seeds of doubt. It is in this that we must then exhibit the patience of faith. The patience of faith is understanding, is the understanding and embracing of the fact that there is always a distance. There is always a distance between the promise and the possession. And this distance is called process. I want to say that more concisely. I want to say that clear for you all to hear. I want to say it clearly for you all to hear. There's always a distance between the promise and the possession of that promise. And in between, that distance between the promise and the possession of that promise, it's called process. It's called process. Process is not always the best thing. Process is not always the most the most uh, desirable thing. But process is necessary. Hear me. Between, I'm repeating it for your hearing. It's important that you hear this. There, there will be promises. There are promises of God that of things personal, of things corporate, of things for your family, of things for your career, of things for your personal relationship, just your personal relationship with him. There are promises of God, but there is always many times a distance between the promise of God and the possession of that promise. And the distance between the promise of God and the possession of that promise is called process. Process is necessary. It is not always desirable. It does not always feel good. It does not always seem good. It does not always taste good, but it is necessary. It is necessary. When I was a little kid, I hated going to the doctor. Speaking of vaccines, <laughs> um, I hated going to the doctor as I was younger, but as I got older, I understood it and just, you know, I did it. But prior to that, understanding of that maturity, when I was younger, I hated going to the doctor because I was afraid of getting stuck with a needle. I was afraid of it. I did not want it to happen. But that was, in essence, necessary for my health. Do you hear me? Exercising is painful. Exercise is painful. It's tedious, especially if you are heavy or fat like me. Right? 
<laughs> but it is necessary to get to the desired end result. Is this making sense? So the patience of faith understands that while there is a promise, there is distance between that promise. There's distance between the promise and the possession of that promise called process. For faith, for faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. It is in me understanding that just because I don't see it does not mean I do not have it. That is the qualitative portion or qualitative uh, undergirding or structure of faith. Does that make sense? I, I want to be careful here that you get it because I'm still in many ways coming to an understanding of this. For me personally, there are things I know God has said. I know God has told me. And I find myself jeering off and saying, God, it's been this long. This has happened. This should have happened by now. At least I think this should have happened by now. Why ain't it happened, God? What are you doing? Such and such has got this. Such and such is doing this. What are you doing with me? Have you forgotten about me? And then I'm reminded that, yeah, there are promises. <laughs> and there are many. But there is also a thing between the possession of that promise and the promise itself called process. In that process, in process, hear this, in process, there's one major thing you will have to do. There's one major thing you have to do. It starts with the D. You have to depart. Hear me. Hear me clearly. In process, there is a promise of God. We know that. There is a promise of God. There's the promise of God. We know this. And there, then there's the possession of that promise. The distance in between, as we've established, is what? Process. Process, we've said, is necessary for the overall health, quality of the, not only you, but also the end result. But in process, the key to process is understanding what is going on during the process. It's cute. It's nice. It's good. They all start with P's. It's alliteration, right? To say promise, process, possession. I get it. But what is going on in that process? What is going on in that process to, 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 um, to mean something to people, right? What is going on in that process that actually would mean something to people? It is departure. What are you talking about? Genesis chapter 12. Ooh, almost lost. I almost forgot the scripture. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis, Genesis with the T. Genesis chapter 12. One of, if not one of, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. This is where we're introduced to Abraham. Abraham was an idol worshiper. He worshiped idols in Ur in a town called Ur of the Chaldees. He was an idol worshiper. Before we get into reading that, I want to again reestablish repetition is the best teacher. It is the best teacher. How do I know? Because I've read things, forget them, have to read them again. And as I go over them again, it helps me. We've established this. We've established this. And I just went live to Facebook. We were live on YouTube for the whole thing. So Facebook, if you're watching via Facebook and you're just watching or just tuning in, 
to get the beginning part of this and get the full context of this, you have to go to my YouTube page, Jishiko Media, and find the full stream of this. But before, 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 before we go into promoting YouTube pages, I want to re- recap. And before we get to just chapter, I want to recap what we said. We talked about the five principles of faith, right? And I'm done after this. We talked about the five principles of faith, the intelligence of faith. The intelligence, the intelligence of faith places Jesus, it is wisdom to place Jesus at the center of everything, to place Jesus at the center of everything. That's the intelligence of faith. The obedience of faith does exactly what the Lord says or tells us to do, no matter what, or no matter how crazy or strange it may sound. The exercise of faith is, in essence, our daily doing what the Lord has spoken to us, our daily doing what he has said to us. The fruit of true faith is action. Faith without works is dead. Faith that works again, as we established, can be translated to fruit. Then we have the folly of faith. The folly of faith is realizing that those who live in disbelief, those who those who are, who live, who are a part of a faithless and perverse generation that need a sign, those who live in disbelief, realizing that those who live in disbelief or who didn't hear what you heard or saw what you saw, they will question the. And they will look at your allegiance in faith as being foolish. And then there's the patience of faith. And we and we're toning in there. I think that is where many get stuck in the patience of faith. This principle, this quality of faith, quality number five, the prince, the patience of faith. This is the understanding and the embracing of the fact that there is always a distance between the promise and the possession and that and the distance between. Listen. There's always a distance between the promise of God and the possession that we are to walk into. Again, there's always a distance between the promise of God and the possession that we are to walk into. And that distance is called process. Process is necessary. Process is needed. It tries us. It tests us. It corrects us. It, 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 uh, it proves us. There's always a distance. God gives a promise, but there will always be a distance in between the promise and the possession of that promise. And the distance between the promise and the possession of that promise is called process. And now we're honing in on what is process. Because it's it's more than just alliteration, promise, promise, process, possession. It's more than just nice alliteration. It's deeper than that. In process. A key component of it, hear this, a key component of process and what God will call many to do in process as they are beginning or walking to the possession of the promise of God, whatever it may be, is this one thing called departure. Called departure. God showed me this through the life of Abraham. Abraham lived, as I mentioned, in the city, in a, in a pagan city, worshiping idol gods, Ur of the Chaldees. But God called him out of that. Told him, leave your family, leave your kindred. Let's read it, actually. Or if the quoted, I can read it. Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord said unto Abraham, get you out of your country. Get out of your country. And from your kindred, your family, separation. And from your father's house, again, speaks of separation. Unto a land that I will show you. All right. And I will make your name great. And I will give. And this is the promise here. And I will make your name great. And I will bless you and make your and make your name great. Again, it's repeated. I will make, I will make, I will make your, I will make your name great. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I'll make your name great. And then he says, I will bless you. That is the promise given to Abraham. 
as God calls him out of early Chaldees, calls him from out of pagan idol worship. Verse 3, Genesis chapter 12, and I will bless them who bless you and curse him who curses you. And if you show and in and in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And here's the key. In God giving the promise, right after God gives Abraham the promise, verse four, he begins into into process. It says, So Abram, he was then named Abram, God changed his name to Abraham. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. God gave him the promise. I will bless you. I'll make your name great. I will make a nation come from you. Then he enter, then he enters process. And that process was commenced and was characterized by him departing. There will be things, there will be things that you will have to depart. Let me say it all over again for those who may have missed it. Just so I'm clear, God gave Abraham a promise. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will make your name great. Not you try to make your name great. I will make your name great. From you will all the families of the earth be blessed. That's a huge, a huge humongous promise god made that promise i will bless you i will make your name great he made this promise to abraham i will make from 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 you abraham will all of the nations of the earth be blessed that was the promise then we get to genesis 12 verse 4 it says so abram departed abraham departed that was the promise he would not possess the promise for years why? The distance between that was process for him. Was process. And that process commenced and was characterized departure. There are things, there are people, there are even places you will have to depart. If you will ever, ever, and if you ever want to truly possess the promise of God. Hear me. Hear me. There are times I know. I know because I do it and I have been there. There are times when we, us, as believers, I'm speaking strategically and specifically to believers right now, at this moment, there are times when we say, God, you said this. God, you said you're going to do this. God, I thought this was going to happen. God, I believe you for this. God, I believe you for that. Yada, yada, yada. The list can go on and on. You did it for them. Well, they got this. They got that. Especially at certain low points in life. We can sit there. We can lay there and ask, God, you promised this. Why haven't I possessed it yet? Why don't I have it yet? And I think the message to you is process. Well, my process is taking too long. Well, the question I now have for you is this. Have you truly departed from that which God wants you to depart from? The requirement that we all have, I believe, is to depart. Quite simply, depart. 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 I hope this has helped some of you all. Hope this is brought to light uh, uh, or brought some clarity to certain situations. There's the patience of faith. And in the patience of faith, we must understand that there's a distance between the promise and the possession 
of that promise. There's a distance between the promise of God and the possession of the promise of God. And that distance is called process. And what characterizes what is the core, what bootstraps, what supports that process is this thing called departure. There will be things, there will be people, there will be places. You will have to, that God is calling you to depart, to leave. This is, if you ask me, the center point, the apex of the Christian life. It's a life of serial departures. Meaning once I leave this one thing, God going to say, you got to leave this now. You got to leave this. You got to leave this. And the thing here is this. As I begin to depart from all those other things, I begin to walk into all the things God has promised and prepared for me. The Bible says the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. The solution to double-mindedness is departure. I must choose one mindset and leave it. Departure. Come out, from, come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. What is that? That's separation. That's departure. I must leave a certain thing. So perhaps your process has been delayed because you refuse to depart, to leave certain things. Let me say it again. Perhaps your process has been delayed because you've just outright refused to leave certain things. And perhaps your process can be accelerated if you choose to leave. Leave that relationship, leave that person, leave that friendship, leave that church. Okay, I'm getting too deep. Perhaps that's it. Your process is delayed because you have refused to leave. Whatever it is that you know you're supposed to leave. All right. Uh, I'm done. Uh, I hope this has helped some people. Uh particularly people who think that just because I have a promise that my promise is automatically going to be possessed by me. No, it's not. There's something called process that you must endure again. And it's not to be torturous, to be uh, mean, to beat you up. That's not what process is about. True process is about ensuring that the end result is quality. More than anything, God is about quality over quantity. I think he always wants quality over quantity um, because quality is long lasting. There's a longevity to it. Unlike anything else. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you like this. Please like share this with someone. Uh, if you do not subscribe to me on YouTube, please do so. Jay Shakur media. I talk about everything from this type of stuff, Bible type of stuff to politics to whatever. So please like subscribe, share. If you're watching via YouTube and you're already there, Hit that notification bell to get notified anytime I go live, anytime I post, share a new video, or stream a new video. Again, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in. I will see you guys uh, perhaps sometime later this week. Again, I'll see you guys next time. Look out for this new book that's coming June 15th. I started writing when I was about 9 or 10 years old uh, in a little notebook. I wrote what would become a play. Um, theater, many don't know, is and was the first love of mine. Um, I did it for three, four plus years um, in local settings and churches at my high school. And it was fun. And I eventually moved into writing other things like books about what I was being taught, what I was learning. 
a matter of choice is really me turning the page. It's a release. It's me turning the page, going on to what I believe is the next chapter of my life. Hopefully people can learn from it, laugh at it, and get to know me more. At the end of the day, I'm a storyteller. I have one ultimate goal. That is to provoke people to think freely. And as a result, they'll live fully.